Garen Jones. I'm so excited to have you here. We did it. <laughs> we did. We were just trying to make this happen with our, both of our crazy lives, but we're here. Uh, such a blessing, you guys. Yeah. I'm about to introduce you to such a powerful being. I respect you so much. You mm. are able to shine your light on such a bright level that like, you literally inspire everyone around you to show up bigger. Mm. It's really an honor and a blessing. I'm receiving all of that. Mm. And if y'all can't really see right now, but I'm like wafting all of the rest of what she's saying into my heart so I can receive it all. Thank you. Uh, pleasure. Yeah, really a pleasure. Um, so... I wanted the overarching theme of today to be talking about um, how your thoughts create your reality. Yeah. And you have a really powerful story that demonstrates this. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to share? Oh, absolutely. But how, how far do you want to go? How deep do you want to go? Because it can go from when I was four and I had a thought and that I'm living <laughs> right now. I need a timeline. I hear you. Um, well, we were at an event the other day and you shared about how you uh, were in your own prison cell. Yeah. And then you for created sure. that. Absolutely. So maybe start there. Yeah. But I do want to just take it back a yeah, little. Yeah, go, go, go. So I was a, like a pathological liar when I was a little kid. I would lie. But I didn't know really what that was. I always wanted people to see me a certain way. And I remember saying, you know, I'm moving to Los Angeles and I'm going to be a model and I'm and I'm going to hang out with a lot of A-list celebrities and just so people would like me when I was a little kid. Come to find out, Everything that I put a lot of energy into, everything that I quote unquote lied about because I believed it to be real, is actually the life that I'm living right now. So was it a lie or was I actually creating my reality, but my, my reality needed a strong enough seed with fertile ground? Hmm. So that was my, that was when my thoughts create my reality. That's when it was unconsciously working its way in my life. I, as a little kid, said, that's, I'm lying. But when you really go underneath that and you connect the dots looking backwards, that was a soul who wanted to believe something so bad who was willing to verbalize it out in public and say it in front of people and then live in that inside of that thought in his mind to the point where now everything I lied about, quote unquote, is the exact life that I'm living times 10. Amazing. You got to see it before you can create it, right? Yes. And then once you see it, you yeah, you believe it. Yeah. And you come becomes reality. What's an example of that? So I'll, uh, here's a powerful example. So from 2002 to 2003, I um, I was serving a 12 year sentence uh, for smuggling 6.2 kilos of heroin uh, from one country to the next. Uh, from from the UK, getting on a getting on a um, a ferry and then getting, uh, and then going to Rotterdam. And I did that route seven times, eighth time I got caught. And then now I'm serving a 12 year sentence, but I keep asking myself, why am I in here? Why am I in here? Why am I in here? Two years into my sentence, we were allowed to watch, uh, uh, movies once a month and Shawshank Redemption was on, which is a movie that's based out of prison. Right. Um, Tim, Tim Robbins, the main character, when he got locked up and he was in prison, he, he said, they can take anything they want away from me, but they can't take away my mind. 
And as soon as I saw that, I had the biggest epiphany in my life while I was in prison, while I was on lockdown. Right. I said, I know exactly why I'm in prison. Because when I was, quote unquote, free, I used to say, I feel like I'm in prison. I feel like I'm in prison. I feel like I'm so far away from where I'm supposed to be. Wow. I feel like I'm in prison inside of my own body. So when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so far away from where I'm supposed to be. And I'm in prison. So if I can think myself to prison, then I can think myself free. And that moment I became a free man. And I started embodying the characteristics of what I felt, my container, my channel felt what freedom was. And I felt the most free in my life when the things that sparked the most joy in my life when I was a little kid, when I was doing them, like when I was running, when I was dancing, when I was inspiring people because I always wanted to be a superhero, when I was drawing and painting, when I did that, that is, it was like it opened up my channel's portal for absolute, for the frequency of freedom and, 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 and the ultimate frequency of love. And I did that while I was in prison. And when I embodied the characteristics, almost like remembering my, the depths of my heart and soul and love, when I embodied the, those characteristics while in prison, out of nowhere, the, the, the prison guard called me in the office and he said, ever since you've been running, there's been less fights, less drug deals, less people stabbing each other. And I just felt good. I felt more free while in prison than I did any time I, I was free. So what that told me was outside freedom ain't the real freedom. And there's so many people in the world fighting for outside freedom, not even realizing that they put the, they're in their own prison right now. And so I released myself from my own prison and internally. And when I did that by doing everything that I love, interesting, they called me in the office and they said, we retested the drugs which they had no reason to do that. They had already did that three times. And when they retested the drugs, 90% was fake. And for the amount that's real, you've already done the time, you're free to go home. Wow. I thought myself free and I thought myself in prison. So I'd rather think myself and embody the characteristics of freedom. Unbelievable. First yeah. of all, the damn ballsy for you to be shipping drugs in that quantity. Yo, listen, <laughs> when you're so unaware and all you think Holy about is shit. money, all I was thinking about was money, so I didn't think about anything else because I never had money before, so I was willing to do any and everything right. to make money, and I was like, oh my God, you can make $4,000 a pop every time I just drive this car, and I never, and it was, I've always been a daredevil, and I was like, I can be a daredevil and make money? I'm in. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I want to tap a little bit. You you went there, but I want to go there even further. So someone has created their own imaginary drain jail cell, yeah. right? They're yeah. living it right now. They're doing a job they hate. They're maybe in a relationship they don't like. They're just, they're not in the, the dream life that they know they're capable of. Yeah. So is it just a matter of visualizing the things that you love to do or actually going out and doing them? Like you started running, you started singing, like it's both. Yes. You know, it's like whatever the health of the seed determines the fruit of the tree. 
So if you're just visualizing and doing nothing, well, then it's like it's like the farmer planting the seed and not going back to check on, you know, see if there's weeds or not. It's like there's a whole there's a whole system to it. And, you know, one, you've got to have awareness. You can't change what you're not aware of. So this conversation is about being aware. And, I, you know, people don't even realize that they're in a system or in a system of, 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 of imprisonment, and it's the craziest thing. And they're, well, how does that happen? Well, here's how it happens. You have a little dog, and the dog keeps going into the neighbor's yard to take a dump on the neighbor's yard. Neighbor says, if your dog takes a dump in my yard again, I'm going to call the puppy pal and take your dog away. So the owner puts a shock collar around the dog's neck. And to train the dog out of to the embodiment of fear, what it does is it goes again to this normal path, boom, it gets shocked. Right. Boom, fear, pain, fear, pain. So when you get trained through the system of fear and pain, you can be controlled through the system that aggregates fear and pain. Mm. So even when you take the shock collar off, right. an imaginary wall of fear, it's still there because now the imprisonment is internal. Most of us, I'll say 99.9999%. Don't go into the street. Don't talk to a stranger. You can die. Go in, don't go to the street. You can, and you, you, at school, parenting, in the media, all of it is around the system of fear and pain. Yeah. All of it. The most hottest movies, fear and pain. You know, judgment, so much. The hottest movies. Hottest TV shows. So we get bombarded with so much fear and pain techniques of training. That's the equivalent of putting a shock collar on a human's neck. Yeah. So just like what happens in the media, you take a human that wants to go past the beaten path. And what does the media do? Mm -mm. They show fear and pain. And they stop and freeze, and you can be controlled by fear and pain if fear and pain trains you. Wow. Yeah, this is we, what is happening. We have, we have been conditioned yes. by society and by the desire for likes. Yes. And like, uh, yeah, we've been really conditioned to, to play small. Yeah. Or else it's not socially acceptable mm -hmm. to stand out. Yeah, and I'll tell you that I, I think the smartest thing that I ever did when I was going through this whole transformation was. You know, you, you have these smart TVs and then you have these smartphones, but through immersing yourself in the smart TV and the smartphone, you actually become dumb hmm. because you get diluted with everything. When I actually turned the smart TV off, I actually became smart. When I turned the smartphone off, I actually became smart because what rose to the surface are my own thoughts and not everyone else's. Ooh, powerful. Yeah. So true. And, you know, I, so what you, we both have been going, we, you've gone through MIT. I, I'm yeah. going through ALA, yeah. uh, Ascension Leadership Academy, and it's teaching me. It's really putting a microphone, like a speakerphone, up to my limiting beliefs. And, yeah. like, that inner harsh critic that has been keeping me playing small. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of self-judgment, a lot of, like, critiquing everything I do. Is it good enough? Is, you know, I made this mistake. Or it's that, just constant, it, it blowing my mind and before it was kind of this quieter voice that kept me playing small but now yeah. this leadership is really putting it in my face yeah. which is really the way through to freedom is through yeah. that pain the only way out is through i i believe right mm -hmm. 
And, and so share your thoughts on that concept of like, how do you face these fears and, and to get through? So uh, if fear is a part of the human design, yes, I do my best not to run away from it because what I'm running away from is a part of me. Mm. So if you train yourself how to lean in, say, say for instance, there's a little kid at the park, nobody's playing with them. There's, a, there's some trust issues. There's all kinds of things. So leaning into fear is like approaching the little kid at the park that nobody's playing with and say, hey, you're a part of our group too. And then you steep, keep leaning in and keep inviting and keep inviting and keep, the more and more you keep inviting fear in, the fear and leaning into it, then you'll realize that that was the mes- mechanism that trained you up so that you can develop through whatever level you're trying to go through. That there's a reason why they don't put first graders in fifth grade, because you must pass tests along the way. And fear is so powerful that it can take the strongest person in the world and have them create a completely different image and have people believing in that image so that he can be safe inside of his fear. But if you can lean into that fear, you will have people actually coming to the real person and not the mask. Yeah. So for me, if fear is a part of my human design, my human nature, how can I lean into it and use it and use it for me instead of it being used against me? Oh, no, I'm going to use it for me. Oh, I'm afraid to run this 60-mile run, so I'm going to do whatever training I need to do. Next thing you know, I'm running, and I'm 10 times the person I was because I pushed through the fear, fear, and I did it anyways. I did it afraid. Yeah. My coach helped me see this morning, actually, we had this conversation about how um, he said, when I choose to feel uncomfortable is when I get to grow and I get to be bold and I get to step into my highest potential Mm -hmm. and I get to choose uncomfortable. Yeah. And when I, when I shift that mindset before I was seeing uncomfortable as, um, Ooh, indication that I'm not good enough. Yeah. And now I'm seeing it as, Ooh, indication that I'm growing, you know, for sure. I'll tell you the, the, you know, I heard this monk say one time, he said, because I love the, the, the fact that you're using the word choose. He said, uh, true strength is not where you go and hide in a cave and you're, and you're just, that's where you find peace. He's like, true strength is when you're amongst the chaos and you choose peace. He's like, there's so much freedom inside of that. And I'm like, yo, that's a whole nother level. <laughs> Oh my God. I went on a three month trip by myself to Southeast Asia once and I came back. I sat with monks. I I went to like all these temples and retreats and it was amazing. Bali Spirit Festival. I came back. I was like levitating, right? I was like totally elevated. Two days with my mother and I was screaming and I was like, oh my God, everything I just learned for three months out the door in two days. I, I was so upset with myself, but yeah, it, it's like, it's this training and, it, and it's being in these chaotic spaces and still being able to come back to this, like, I'm at peace. I'm safe. Yeah. I can stay loving and centered in this moment. Mm-hmm. That's the practice, right? Yeah. It's the, it's the same with my mom. It's the same when I go back home. You know, my, my home was a, in Missouri City, is a powerful community. A lot of my friends didn't 
really do much. They were like really talented, but nobody like really left. And a lot of times when I go home, I get this feeling of like, oh, I feel like working out today. And I'm like, what is that about? It's because it, we don't just have this body. We also have our community body and and that's the one that actually domesticated us so when you're around familiar people who you knew you back then the adult is not around that person it's the little kid so the real work is being able to set an intention with the little kid going into that environment and a lot of a lot of times we miss that sometimes I miss that and I'll have to say okay I'm going home and my intention is to play and have fun and love everybody for who they are and who they are not, but still remain the truest essence of me. Every time I set that intention, it's almost like I have this spiritual like ecosystem around me that's, that has all of my, you know, my, my, my habits and my rituals that's inside of that spiritual ecosystem. When I don't, I am susceptible to every single thing my mom has said when I was a kid that annoyed me. Everything yep. when somebody was talking trash, a bully in this. I'm like, I do all this work. Why am I here? I it's love the it. setup. Yeah. I love the intention setting. Key. Key. Go there more. I want to I dig deeper in this because it's so important. What does intention setting look like? How do you really ground in on it? So... It's almost like, you know, I come from songwriting. I used to write songs. And every time I came up with a title, it would give me the theme for the whole song. So intentions are like the title for the theme of what you, the, the result you want to create. Yes. And when you have the seed, when you have that theme, I mean, when you have that title, this is what I want. Your intention always shows up. It will always, always a thousand out of a thousand times. My intention is, oh, I want a successful, I mean, I want a team, I want a team, I want a team. You get a team of a bunch of unsuccessful people. They're like, this is not what I want. But you, your intention was to have a team. You weren't clear on exactly what you wanted. You put a specific address in the GPS system. It gives you five different ways to get there. So what if you put a specific address in your spiritual GPS system called your intention and you allow that seed to then create a pathway and everything that comes after that intention, you know that it's a part of what you asked for. So if you lean into that, you will get your intention. Love it. Thank you for clarifying that. That yeah. was important. Mm -hmm. Getting really crystal clear and detailed specific on what you want to create and, and also the feeling around it, right? Like, yeah, I want to feel loving in the presence of my family and these people that may not have evolved, but I can still in my lovingness, right? I can yeah. then emanate that vibration. I can lift them up as well. Yeah. So the intention is to show up who I am, this loving, beautiful being. Yeah. No matter what's happening around me. For sure. Yeah. I did that with my wife. I had been in many relationships before, and I was like, oh, I want a girl. She looks exotic, nice legs, and da-da-da-da. And then I would get that, but there's all these other things that I didn't want. But I never asked for exactly what I wanted. So I had no intentionality for my partner. And so when I wrote down my list of 62 attributes, <laughs> most people write five. Right. 62 
believes in God, makes her own money, no daddy issues, like great, great, <laughs> great, great hygiene, great, she, can, she, she loves personal growth, loves transformation, yes. masculine, and can easily slip into her feminine. So I'm saying all these things, and I never had a woman like that before in my life. Mm. But if it's up to me, and this is exactly what I want, I'm going to put it there. Then, you, when you mentioned about feeling, I said, Here's how I want to feel in the relationship. Most people miss that. Yes. And then the top five places where I would meet this person that I had never been, that I'd never been before. Personal development seminar. Boom. That's where I met Blair. No way. And it was circled and starred. And she treated me exactly how I wanted to be treated. Uh. And she has all 62 attributes. Uh. And it took me three years because I wasn't half those things on those lists. So in those three years... That's the process of where I actually became the 62 things. And on the other side of the 62 things, I met my mirror. Yes. All intentional. Incredible. Really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think by being it, then you send out the vibration that can be matched, right? Is yeah, that we're the... a powerful magnet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't realize, I don't, we're not taught as children no. that we're, we, we emanate frequency, yeah. right? And we're, we're getting back what we're putting out. Like you get someone angry and you're like, hey, never do you think, oh, I wonder how I caused this. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not taught that unless you go to these they seminars. Do not, yeah. They don't teach emotional intelligence. I wish they taught us about money. I wish they taught us emotional intelligence. And someone said to me, they were like, how could you be? There's like a kid's brain doesn't develop until I was like, well, then tell me why this seven year old knows seven different languages. Yeah. Yeah. It's because in the moment where they're developing the most, you can plant the seeds and the more and more conscious they get, then they can understand more and more about emotional intelligence. I wish we were taught that. It, you know, took me till age 32 to start learning and seeking and applying and implementing. And now my role is to share that, yeah. share that and be a teacher of emotional intelligence so that people at least know that they have a chance or a choice love that. Tell me how it's been with baby soul. What's it like to be a papa? Hmm, again. again. I have a 20-year-old daughter. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so it is, you know, she, she just turned five months uh, young, and I have a daughter that's 20. Wow. And there's a 20-year gap. Yeah. So when I was 22, I had my daughter, and I, was, I didn't know myself, didn't love myself, and was very selfish. So you can imagine the ripple effects of that relationship. Wow. And now being so present and grounded in who I am and what, I'm, what my mission is in the world and being a stand inside of this relationship. So I carried 20 years of shame from not showing up a certain way in my first relationship with my daughter, Kylea. And through this process, I've been able to heal that because I just didn't know. Yeah. I really, I just, I knew what I knew. Now I'm showing up in the way that I'm aware and know. So there's he lots of healing going on here and there's lots of presence and groundedness and not missing too many things here. So it's one of the biggest ceremonies I've ever gone through. You know, I've gone through plant medicine and this and done MITT and deep dive. That can't hold a candle to being in an extremely powerful relationship, having a new baby, having a 20-year-old, launching a business, maintaining a successful one, all at the same time. 
Wow. It's been true medicine and ceremony, and I've learned so many lessons. Wow. Yeah. Share one when it comes to baby soul. Okay, I'll share with you. So um, I, and this is why it's super important that you learn to love yourself fully. All of us. Most people have insecurities about something. Maybe your nose, maybe your lips. There's people that get, you know, their lips done or nose done or face done, butt done, breast done. It's like there's and there's lots of insecurities inside of that stuff. What I noticed was, so, and I've never heard anybody talk about this. When I was a little kid, I had a, a and I still do. I have a slightly crooked nose, and. I used to go like this in the mirror for hours just so it would, I was like, I don't want a crooked nose. And I had to learn how to love myself through my nose. Never noticed it before. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> Baby soul has a slight crooked in her nose. Oh. Now get this. I started that insecurity in me that I didn't even know was still there. I looked at her nose and I was like, I don't want her to, oh my God, if I don't learn to love myself fully, then I will look at an expression of me and won't love that aspect about her. Wow. And I was like, whoa. Wow. So I had to do some serious, no, you know what? No, I get to see her fully and not through the aspect of my insecurities. And so when people be doing all this work and all this, I, I don't think they realize that they pass their insecurities on to their kids without even knowing it. Like, where does this come from? You. Yeah. And so I had to really be like, you know what? No, I love myself through and through. And now I see my daughter not through her hair or her nose, but just as the beautiful essence as she is. Mm. That was that was huge. And I didn't even know that it was going to show up, but that's part of the mes medicine. Wow. Yeah. Really powerful. And I mean, think about this. that Even when there's like exes and, 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 and like parents that split up and all of a sudden your baby looks just like your husband that, that cheat on you, divorce, divorce, every time you see that baby, of course you're not going to say it out open. And he, as soon as that baby makes a face that looks like your husband, do you got to look like that? But, and you'll, you'll take energy that, you meant to, that you've shelved for your husband and you'll take it out on that baby. Wow. So it's very, whew, it's some deep stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How do you heal that? Self-love, you said. but Because when you learn to love people from the aspect, I forgave the two men who murdered my father. Wow. Like, through and through. When you learn to truly love human creation, mm. like you have your differences, but if it comes with resentment, if it comes, no matter what anybody did, I'm telling you because what they do is what they do. Well, what you do it about what you do about it will affect every area of your life. So when you learn how to love people for who they are and who they are not, and not let them take your power away, then everything that you touch gets to benefit from the truest essence of love, but not from the scope of insecurities or the scope of uh, resentment and things. Because what whatever you harbor for anyone, you also 
harbor towards everything else, even if it's masked as great. So important, so valuable. There's the experience, and then there's your reaction to the experience. Yes. And the reaction you have is often more hurtful than the experience. For sure. You create more suffering. Yeah, for over yourself. and over and over. Yeah, I always try and do that when I'm sitting with my clients. It's like, uh, okay, there was the experience, and yes, maybe there was fault or something it wasn't you know orchestrated well there was room to improve on yeah. both sides but but the meaning you give it is what really is creating the suffering yeah wow powerful amazing thank you you recently tore your calf yeah i had a calf rupture yeah um how did that physical pain help you uh, what did you learn um, so that one was difficult, especially launching those businesses and having a mom, uh, a wife that's in postpartum and a new baby. And it's like, everything requires your attention. Lots of, it was very difficult. I cried. There was so many times where I just felt useless. And I was like, yo, I've never said these words before. Wow. My wife goes, well, who are you without all those things that you can do? And I was like, I don't know. But if the words useless are coming out, then there's an aspect of little Garen that feels useless and I didn't even know it. Wow. So I had to work on that and be like, yo, G, what's up? <laughs> G. <laughs> <laughs> little G, like, well, what's up? Like, yeah. you're feeling useless where? Like, what happened? And so I've, I did a deep dive on that little, on little G, little Garen. And, uh, you know, what I, what I discovered, there's a, there was a piece in me that just didn't feel worthy enough to be a part of people's groups because so many people uh, didn't, the cool kids never allowed me in and I've always what? tried to prove, oh yeah, I was the kid that wear knee-high socks and still do <laughs> a big yellow backpack because I never wanted to take my 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 uh, books to my locker in between classes but I always try to do things to get a part of the groups and they never accepted me like the cool kids. No way. And so I was just like, you know, F that, but there was still some stuff inside of there. And throughout this process, I also realized that I never asked for support. Oh. I manifest support, but I never deliberately say, Hey, I would love your support with, or call somebody and say it because the wall kept coming up. I'm like, yo, what's that about? So then there was a moment where I'm going through this. I was like, you know what I feel like? I feel like when I was in prison. And what did I say when I was in prison? I said, what can I do in here that I wouldn't normally do out there? So as soon as I had the awareness, I mean, as soon as I went back to work on the things that actually make little Garen happy. Hmm. And the very next day is when I started walking. I'm like, oh, what? Wow. I was in prison again and I didn't even realize it. And I took myself out of prison by embodying the characteristics of freedom again. Unbelievable. So it just met me at another level. Unbelievable. Yeah. I always say any kind of physical challenge is a spiritual opportunity. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we're getting close to the end, but I wanted to tap in there. You said, um, why is it so challenging for men in particular, I yeah. think, to, to ask for help or for feedback or for guidance? Because men 
have been told for so long that you've you've got to be the strong one it's not okay to cry. men men don't cry and so when you live inside of a narrative that was painted for you like this is the structure of man you don't know any other way to be and so I think not having an example, you know, typically you, you, you can hear, say, oh, can you help me? And help is associated with weakness. Mm-hmm. But support is a different thing. Like support, like actually brings a bridge together. Support, like support structures and things like that is very different than help structures. And, oh, can you help me? Could you see people? Oh, Superman, help me, please. It's associated with weak energy. Right, yeah. And there hasn't been enough examples of uh, the conversation around help versus support. And I just had to remember that. And then one of the also things that I wanted to, that, that I had to remember is that there is power inside of that little kid inside of you. Mm-hmm. And I always got to bring it back to that because it's, it's the little kid that got out of prison. It wasn't the adult. Every time I do things that brought, that made me happy when I was a little kid, that I don't know what happens, but there's a sense of freedom, a sense of power, a sense of motivation, a sense of creativity. And you just watch kids. They never run out of energy. And I call that little kid, that essence of the little kid, I call it the artist. Mm. And the artist can create and paint any kind of life. Kind of like when I was lying, I didn't know that I was creating. And it brings it back to thinking this life into reality. I call it the artist. And it's artist power when you truly tap into the essence of your truest being. That little kid that's limited belief and limited passion. When that little kid is in that space, the the the, the artist is awakened. Mm. It's like awaken the artist within. And that's my role in life. Out of my books, my transformation courses, everything, the through line is to teach people how to remove all this stuff so that they can get back to the artist Uh. and then teaching them how to use the gifts that have always been there. And when they use those gifts is, I feel it's a direct, it is a direct alignment to nature and how everything that controls everything. And it's a restoration of nature and anything that is a part of nature benefits from the fruits of nature, abundance, flow, freedom, love, and so that's my role in life is to teach people how to activate that artist within. I love that. Mm-hmm. And you know, no two people will create the same art. No, no. It's fascinating. And it's all art. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating and totally unique. Every single person. Yeah. When you tap into that, that that's your genius. That's your, yeah. that's your, uh, your juice. That's the juice yeah. of life. So people call it juice. They call it genius. I just call it artist power. I love and it. I was like, I want to, I want to teach you how to use your artist power, and uh, having gone through that maze a hundred times myself, mm-hmm. you know, would you rather be on a guide? Would you rather be uh, walk through the forest with a guide that's been the route a hundred times, or someone who's still lost? Yeah, 
So that that's my role, and I fully have accepted it 100%. I love it. What Do you have any programs, or how can people work with you or find you? Interesting that you say. <laughs> so um, I have, if you go to my website right now, I have a program that's called the Get Unstuck seven-week accelerator program. And it's everything that I've learned while taking my life from living in my car, uh, being in a, because I lived in my car for two and a half years, being in a storage unit and everything. Everything, every lesson that I've learned through those trials and tribulations and a simple way that you can apply it to your life to produce a result that's different than the one that you have, ultimately to get you unstuck from the place that you are and elevated to the next level. That's one. And in the next few months, I'll actually be doing something in person, which is a two-day retreat that's called Awaken the Artist Within. Holy crap when mm-hmm. i tell you it is going to be fire from the music to the food to the to the curation of the event to everything that is going on you will think that you are in a full blown ceremony but i just know i know how to get there and i know how to be used in a way to support other people in a safe way so that they can take themselves to there tap into the artists and when all the artists are together that that's an orchestra. Yeah. And that's my goal to create that portal here in Austin. And it's called awaken the artist within people will start seeing more things within the next month or so, but it's, it's going to be a crazy oh, event. I'm so in for that. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Ah, uh, Garen, any final words? You're such a blessing. Oh, thank you. Any final words you'd like to share? Um, I'm living your truth. You found it. Mm. My, um, uh, I have a samurai, I had a samurai teacher, and I would always ask him a question, and he'd just say, You found it. I'm like, What do you mean? He's like, If you think hard enough, you'll know exactly what I mean. Everything that you're looking for, that you've always been looking for, you actually have it, and you found it. Mm. So if you really ground yourself in what it is, you realize it's you. And if you know that you are who you're looking for in your partner, in your money, in your job, and you truly find you, you'd be like, I find it and I name it and I claim it. Life will be a mirror reflection of that. Wow. So beautiful and true. Well done. Ah. Yay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank Thank you you so much for having me on. (laughs) Such a treat. Thank you guys for tuning in. Love you all. Wow. That was so fun. Thank you, Karen. What a treat. If you guys love this episode, please make sure you subscribe so you get notified of the next one. And also, if you can leave me a review on Apple iTunes, that way I get pushed into the new and noteworthy section. Apple is refusing to update my podcast so uh, cover, so ignore the Nikki-tastic. But um, yeah, that review would help me a ton. And I have a mastermind also to announce. I'm collecting 10 fabulous human beings, bringing those all together so that we can elevate to our highest potential and create a big impact. That is the goal. We'll be doing a lot of spiritual work along with 
getting the limiting beliefs, whatever the, that self-doubt out of your mind so that you can step into certainty like never before. And I tell you, like Tony Robbins talks about certainty is the one thing that if you lead with certainty, you can move mountains. That's literally the only difference between you and Oprah and Gandhi and and anyone out there that you admire that's really made a big impact. It's their certainty and their conviction that they're, they're of their truth and who they are and what they're capable of that has gotten them there. The self-doubt is what's holding you back. So that's what we're going to uncover and release and so that you can be your absolute highest potential. Super excited about that. Message me on Instagram at Dr. Nikki underscore elevates. You can reach out to me there with any questions, concerns. If you need any guidance with stepping into your highest potential or serving your purpose, really making that impact, I'm here for you. You can also visit elevate to legendary.com. And that's it. I'm here for you. I love you so much. 